Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Have you ever experienced that awkward newbie Catholic phase where it seems like everyone around you knows so much more about the faith than you do? By the time that I started grad school to study theology, I figured, you know, I had passed that phase. I mean, hello, I was in grad school for goodness sake, but boy, was I wrong. So you know that phrase, it's all Greek to me. Well, that's how it seemed, but in my case, it actually all seemed like it was in Latin. And I say that because my first ever grad class was Vatican II. That's it. That's the name of the class, Vatican II. And all we did was read, discuss, report, and present on the documents produced at the Second Vatican Council. And the titles of all of these documents, they're in Latin. And my professor was throwing around words like, ecumenism, adjournamento, ecumenical, collegiality, and my classmates all seemed to know exactly what he was talking about. And I just felt so unprepared. I just felt like I was in over my head and just inadequate as a Catholic in general. And no one should ever feel that way, especially when it comes to official church documents or the church councils or any of the gems that we find in the church fathers. And for that reason, today we're going to take a bit of a departure from our typical, very obvious spiritual content to go over something which does affect our spiritual life, though it might not be as overt. So we're going to go over Vatican II, because these documents do shape the way we practice our faith, and they can help us to delve into the mysteries of our faith. An example of this, the last two podcasts that I did on the Mass I did them by reflecting on two, maybe three paragraphs in one of the documents from Vatican II. And so there's so much more that's been written. Think about how much more you can learn and how much more you can then be able to get the fullness out of the faith. So these documents, like I said, there's so much in them and they're actually really quite beautiful. And and I don't mean that in some lofty, like elevated poetry type of way, but in a This is how the church that Christ instituted for the sake of our salvation is supposed to assist the whole world to become saints and to glorify the Lord kind of way. Or maybe that's just me in my opinion, but I don't think so. Now, the Second Vatican Council is an ecumenical council, and an ecumenical council has three characteristics, right? So it has to be a solemn assembly of the bishops of the whole world. It has to have been called by the Pope, and if it wasn't, it has to at least have been confirmed by him at a later date. And then it has to concern matters that affect the whole church. So what matters would be considered those that would affect the whole church? And there's typically three major issues that are discussed at councils, and one is doctrine, and doctrine is what we believe. And the second is discipline and practice, and that's basically how we live out what we believe. And the third is the relationship between the church and state or between church and the whole world. And for any of you who like those interesting little facts, like I do, uh, there are 21 ecumenical councils in the history of the Catholic faith. And all of these councils are concerned with unity within the church. They want everyone in the church to be on the same page. So here's a little history about Vatican II. 
It was called by Pope John XXIII in 1959. And then for the next three, actually almost four years, they were establishing different commissions and having all kinds of preparatory meetings. And they finally opened Vatican II in the beginning of fall in 1962. Unfortunately, the following spring in 1963, Pope John XXIII passed away. And so Pope Paul VI was elected pope. And so he oversaw the Second Vatican Council from then on. And so the council closed in 1965. And between 1962 and its closure in 1965, the bishops of the whole world got together four different times for four different sessions. And each session lasted a few months. So moving on to the documents of the council. There's actually 16 major documents from the Second Vatican Council, and four of these are constitutions, two of which are called dogmatic constitutions, and the other two are pastoral constitutions. Then the other documents that are not considered constitutions, you have nine decrees and three declarations. So the four constitutions are typically referred to, you know, when you're in those casual conversations between other Catholics. Yeah, right. Um, But they are typically the most referred to, and two of them, like I said, are dogmatic. And so those two are Lumen Gentium, which means the light to the Gentiles. And this is a dogmatic constitution on the church. And in my opinion, it's kind of like a rough summary of all of the other documents of the council. Then the second dogmatic constitution is De Verbum, which means word of God. It's a dogmatic constitution on divine revelation. And divine revelation of what? Of scripture. And so moving on to those pastoral constitutions, they are called Sacrosanctum Concilium, which is the constitution on the sacred liturgy. And this is a document I referenced earlier. It was this document that I read probably three of the paragraphs and reflected on them. And I gave you the last two podcasts that we did on the math. Beautiful document. The second pastoral document is Gaudium et Spes, and that means the joy and the hope. And it's a pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. It goes over the dignity of man, man's vocation, living out man's vocation in the world, and so much more. I mean, it's the longest document produced by the Second Vatican Council, so much so that it is technically split into two parts. There's part one and part two. It's super long, but it is worth the read once you get there. Now, I know there are so many opinions out there about the council, and you might even have your own opinions about Vatican II, but how many of those opinions out there actually come from people who have read or studied the documents of Vatican II, or how many of those opinions out there are either firsthand experiences or, you know, secondhand stories about people who recollect some of the ugly, dumb, or even profane changes made in their diocese that weren't actually prescribed by the Second Vatican Council. I'm just saying. And I can say that because my childhood catechesis came from people who didn't really know what the Second Vatican Council taught. And so I ended up drawing pictures and singing songs about how Jesus and how he loved me. So now that I've read the documents, I can see, wow, this was amazing. Why couldn't people just stick to the script? But anyways, with that in mind, I would like to talk a little bit about the opening address that Pope John XXIII gave at the beginning of the council before he passed, because it really does set the tone for what the council 
was supposed to cover. And really, after you read it, you can see that the documents do really stay true to his opening address and that they are wonderful additions to the church's tradition. So there are four distinct elements that you can see in the opening address of Pope John XXIII. And the first is that he addresses the attitudes of some of the Curia members, right? Nobody likes a gloomy Gus, and neither did John XXIII. He even referred to them as prophets of gloom and basically said, hey, you, you over there, all of you who have these like pessimistic views of the world and the future of the church, we're not going to have any of that here. This is the church, and the church is a place of hope. He then goes on to reaffirm the authority of the doctrines of the church, meaning that he doesn't say that they're not important, that they're old school and we don't need to deal with them anymore. No, he says that they are important, extremely important. But then he goes on to emphasize even more the importance of teaching these documents, of teaching these doctrines to the faithful. And this is where that word aggiornamento comes into play that I had mentioned earlier. Basically, the delivery of the teachings need to be brought up to date, the way in which we are taught the teachings of the church. Now, that does not mean that we need to change the teachings themselves in order to fit with what's new and what the modern world wants. That is not what it is. It's just the teaching methods and the way in which the doctrines of the faith are being communicated to the faithful because they are extremely important, they're extremely potent, and they're not to be watered down, but we need to find better ways in order to communicate them to people. And this ties perfectly into the next element of his address, which people refer to as resourcement. And adornamento and resourcement were used a lot during the councils between the um, the other bishops. And resourcement means returning to the sources. So what sources are those? The church's tradition, right? All of the other documents that we have from councils, from other popes, all of that is extremely important, and we need to return to those. So overall, the Second Vatican Council relied on scripture and on the tradition of the church, which is found in the church fathers and in past councils. And why did the council do that? because they were trying to help the church to articulate herself in a way that would invite the modern world to holiness. So the church is intended to nourish us by means of the Eucharist and the sacraments, but also by way of scripture and our vibrant tradition. And the Second Vatican Council is part of our tradition. And to that, I say we need to be familiar with what it taught by reading the documents. And we can do that from the comfort of our living room because all of these documents are available online for free on the Vatican website. And my recommendation is to start with Dei Verbum. You might not know how to spell it, that's fine. All you have to do is Google documents of the Second Vatican Council in your search engine, and I'm sure that the Vatican website will be one of your top links. Click on it and they're all listed there for you. So yeah, read Dei Verbum. Read it slow, take your time, and then tell me if you do not get inspired to read scripture. All right. Did you guys like today's episode? I know it was a huge break from what we typically do, and so I really, really need your feedback. If you do like this, then we can continue to do this. And we can even continue with the Second Vatican Council and do maybe summaries of some of the documents and so on. But you do need to let me know. So send me feedback. You can either email me, clumsytheosis at catholic.com, or you can contact me on social media, on Instagram or Twitter. It's at clumsytheosis. But whatever you do, subscribe to Clumsy Theosis wherever good podcasts are found because we can transform the world by transforming ourselves. All right, everybody, peace out. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.